Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Good morning. Well, you have notes in front of you. Follow along. We're going to talk about training for godliness. How many of you want to be godly? Okay, everybody should raise your hands. That's fine. So we're going to help you with that today. Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Wow. Physical training is good. Now you can see by looking at me, I'm into physical training. That was hurtful. (laughs) But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Trustworthy saying, everyone should accept it. So Paul writes to Timothy, this young man, he says, look, here's what you need to understand. You need to be physically in care of yourself and do what you need to do, but spiritually, you need to be doing more. So a little question. You should be spending more time on your spiritual growth than in your physical fitness. We'll just go from there. Godliness is another word for holiness. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, God's will is for you to be holy. And so when we say training for godliness, we're talking about spiritual growth. How do I do that? Well, Paul, in another passage, gives us some direction. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 16, we're going to look at those verses so you and I can get some insight on how do we train ourselves to be godly. First of all, godliness is a prescribed process. It's a prescribed process. Paul begins, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. Prescribed. In other words, Paul says, you follow my instructions. This is the way you're going to be spiritually fit. You and I do not get to determine that. I can say that, well, physical fitness, if you're physically fit, you should look like me. That would give hope to a lot of you. But that's, I don't, I'm not the one who determines what that is, am I? So same is true of Scripture. I well, I'm spiritually fine. Are you? I don't get to determine that. Scripture determines that for me, doesn't it? What the Bible says, this is how you should be. This, it's a prescription that's given to us. And it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't suddenly one day, I've arrived. It's a process that you will be involved in for the rest of your life. Now, the problem is, we're like little kids. Remember, and all you parents understand this, you're getting ready to go on a trip. You've loaded the car. The kids get in the back seat. You get down the road about five minutes. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And throughout the whole trip, it's, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And that's us. Are we, we like everything instantaneous? 
It's always amusing to me if I'm staying in a motel and let's say it's got six floors and I'm on the fourth and I'm going down so, and I punch the button, lights on and it's there and somebody will walk up, look at it, it's not happening right now. They'll walk up and punch the button a few more times and nothing happens. They keep punching it and I'm thinking, what are they doing? It's not like the elevator says, wow, that guy on the fourth floor is really in a hurry. I better skip everything else and go get him. You see, we want it now, but it's a process that you have to understand. You will be involved in for the rest of your life. Godliness doesn't happen overnight. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus says to the crowd, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. Now's the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. So the process is, I want to become more Christ-like. I want to be more godly. I will put my ideas in that. That will be the attention and the focus of my life. I want to be a godly person, so I need to be more like Christ. So therefore, I will enter into that process to become that. Secondly, godliness has to be pursued not only is it a process that is involved that you have to follow the directions in order to go there, you have to pursue it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Work hard. There's that four-letter word called work. We just don't like that word, do we? We want easy, right? We got a big red easy button on our deb. Hit that. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. The question is not if you're going to be formed spiritually. The question is, who will form you? Because if you're not formed by God, if you're not working to become like Him, your only other option is that you become conformed to the world that you become like it. We live in a world that deforms us spiritually. God wants to transform you. And so I have to work at this. This takes energy. This takes effort. I have to give my attention to it. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 9. The Lord detests the way of the wicked but he loves those who pursue godliness. Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness, unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. So I have to work at this. In other words, I want to become more Christ-like. It's not enough just to say, Jesus, make me more like you, and you go on and do whatever you want to do. I want to become more like you. I'll enter into this process, and I will work at this becoming my life. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. 
Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body, our spirit, and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. 1 Timothy 6.11, you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. My job is to work at improving myself spiritually. You can be better spiritually than you are today if you'll work at it. Now, this is going over really well. Because, you see, I want to change. I want to become more Christ-like. And we have all kinds of reasons why I'm not. And so many people accept Christ and then stay immature or unformed in their relationship because they don't work at becoming more Christ-like. They don't pursue the right thing. In life, I have to pursue godliness more than I pursue anything else. And I'm willing to work at it, make it the priority of my life to become more Christ-like. That's my responsibility to do that. Everybody got this? It's pretty simple. It's pretty clear. Thirdly, godliness is God-powered. It's God-powered. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So God says, look, if you will work at this and pursue this, I will give you the power that you need to help you become like this. Now, if you're really in and serious about physical training, you will get a, a membership at some club. You will, even if you want, get a personal trainer to help you, right? That's what people do. I remember when I was a kid, high school, uh, I liked playing football. And so I, uh, coaches told me, you've got to lift weights. So I got my parents to buy me some free weights and started lifting weights in my garage, built my own bench and did all of that. And then besides that, every time the coaches, you got to do this, you got to do this, you're going to run like this, you're going to do this and this. They pushed me. And you know what? They weren't always nice to me. Sometimes they said some hurtful things to me. And they used words that I can't repeat to you. All to what? motivate me and to push me to become physically fit. Train yourself. Well, do you understand that if you're serious about spiritual training, God, the Holy Spirit, who's alive in you as a Christian, will give you the power to do what you need to do if you're willing to work with him. So what do you do to get spiritually fit? You've done it this morning and to some degree. You get up, you come to church. That's a training for godliness. You gather with other believers. You smile at them. You love them. That's a training for spiritual fitness. You have opportunity to worship to sing. Well, I just don't get into that stuff. 
And I just don't like that. And I'm just not like that. That's not who I am. Well, I know it's not. And that's why you need to change who you are. And so spiritual fitness says, you know what? It's not me. I'm not really into it. But I'm going to sing anyway. Because it will make me spiritually better. I'm going to give God praise no matter what I feel like. Because it's going to help me grow up spiritually. Through the week, you read Scripture. Chapter a day, a few verses a day. Something to just keep it in your mind and in your heart. You spend time communicating with God. Prayer. Praying in the Spirit. Praying as God, just talking to Him all throughout your day. You get into a group. Well, I'm not into... Do you want to grow up spiritually or not? You see, we just want it to happen, but we don't like putting forth the effort, do we? It's called work. I really want to become more Christ-like. And maybe that's our biggest problem, is that it isn't the number one thing in our life. And it should be. Because Jesus, over and over again, all throughout Scripture says, I need to be the Lord of your life. You need to love everybody more than me. You need to give me everything else. You need to be what you live for, who you live for, how you live. And so I want to be like this. And if I want to be like this, I'm willing to work. And that's why I asked you at the beginning, for some people, they spend more time being physically fit, going to the gym, doing this, get up and running and walking and eating and doing all those things because they're really concerned about their body. And Paul says, look, that's okay, that's good, that's necessary, but something more important is are you becoming spiritually fit? And are you willing to work at it? And God says, I will give you the power that you need to grow, become more like me. Romans 8, 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power, here's the help again, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Holy Spirit, help me. Direct me when I don't feel like waking up a little early so that I have enough time to read some Scripture? Would you help me get up? When I get busy through the day and I forget, would you remind me? When I tend to just want to go my own way and do my own thing, would you tap me on the shoulder and tell me that's not going to help you grow more spiritually? Would you just be there working with me, helping me, giving me what I need? 2 Peter 1.3, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Wow, I guess I can't blame Him for it, can I? We've received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. So do you see this partnership where God says, look, I want you to be godly. And will you understand that that doesn't just happen as a one-time thing? 
Would you understand that this is a process in life because your old nature is there and you have to die to that every day? And that you can get better at it and do it easier if you will just train yourself to be godly? And would you let that be the drive of your life that more than anything else in life you want to be more like Christ? And will you work at that? And if you will work at that, I will partner with you to help you become who you want to be. And by the way, if you listen real closely, he'll be saying to you, you can do this. You can do it. It's not impossible. Is it hard? You bet. Anything worthwhile in life is hard, isn't it? You can do it. It's available. So there forms this partnership, God and I. He works and I work. And we both want the same thing. We want to be more like Him. I'll keep moving. I have to keep moving. Somebody, you know, never mind. Godliness is all about people. Say what? It's about people. Paul goes on, Philippians chapter 2, notice what he says. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Oh man, come on. So that no one will criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked, crooked and perverse people. Now would you agree with me that the world is full of crooked and perverse people? But you and I are to be the light of the world, aren't we? Because we're not doing this just for ourselves. It will benefit others as well. Because if you're not careful in spiritual growth, you will make it all about you. Well, I'm doing this for me. The scribes and the Pharisees thought of themselves as godly, holy people. They had a lot of knowledge. They understood a lot of things but they weren't godly by a long shot, were they? So you and I have to understand this is not self-centered, this is God-centered. God, I want to be like you, and the reason I want to do that is so other people will benefit from my relationship with you and their lives can be changed. It's not, God, I want to do that so that I'll benefit from that and I'll get all the blessings. It's God, I want to be like you. I want to be more Christ-like. I want to work that throughout my life. And I want to do that because this world is dark and it really needs some light. And I want to be light in the midst of the darkness. <laughs> A great measurement of your spiritual growth is how you treat people. It's not how many verses you've memorized. It's not how many hours you read the Bible. It's not how many hours you pray. It's about, can you just get along with people? Do you care about people? Do you understand that people need God? 
do you understand that Jesus Christ came in this world for people? And if you want to become like him, you've got to be like him in that way, don't you? So if you're having a hard time in your relationships, and if you are one of these people that says, well, okay, uh, I know i got to love them, but I don't like them. That's impossible, by the way. You are to love everybody. That was, we were doing okay until now, weren't we? <laughs> that now suddenly we come to this place where I understand, hold it. If I really want to know how spiritually mature I am, if I really want to know how spiritual I am, if I really want to know how holy or godly I am, all I have to do is look at the relationships around me. And if there's somebody in my life that I'm refusing to forgive, I'm not doing very well spiritually. If there's someone in my life I won't talk to, I don't want nothing to do with them, I'm not doing very well spiritually, am I? Answer's no. First Peter one twenty two. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. See if I want to be Christ like, what's the greatest commandment? Love God. Second one just like it, love people. Jesus said, you know, you can't say you love God and not love people. The two are intertwined, aren't they? So what I have to understand is, okay, me becoming more Christ-like should have an impact on my life that makes me a person that shines light in the midst of the darkness, and I'm not a ball of fire that's going to light everybody up because they're not doing what's right. I'm going to be the person of compassion that's going to come to people and let them see the difference Jesus Christ can make in somebody's life. My light is going to shine. They will know you're my disciples by the way you love each other. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people. Oh, brother, all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. May He, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes again with all His holy people. Amen. For Hebrews 12, 14, work at peace. <laughs> work at living in peace with everyone. Are you difficult to get along with? That should not be the character trait of a godly person. Are you easily offended? Boy, I'm so tired of, well, they said that and that hurt me. Get over it. Grow up, buttercup. Come on. Love people. I'll work at peace. You want to say what you want? I'll still love you. I'll still talk to you. 
Now, I'm not saying you got to be your best friends with everybody, but I am saying your light better be shining to them. Work at living a holy life. That's what we've just been talking about, right? For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So the goal of godliness is to be able to love people like God loves people. I have to work at it. It's not simple. It's not easy. That's why I need the help of the Holy Spirit. But I will not deviate from it. Just because somebody says something I don't like, somebody does something I don't like, doesn't mean, well, that's the way it is. I'm done. There is nothing that ever goes on in a life that should ever distract you from what life is about becoming more Christ-like. Nothing. They insulted Jesus. They didn't treat him very well. And yet at the very end, what's he saying to all of them? Forgive them. Love. So I come to that place where I understand that godliness is about people. And I want to be godly. Last one. Godliness takes perseverance. Takes perseverance. Verse 16 of Philippians 2. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day when Christ returned, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. I will persevere no matter what. I will endure to the end. Matthew 24, 12, a description of our day. Sin will be rampant everywhere. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. The world's dark folks, it needs a lot of light. And we are called to be light in the midst of the darkness. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Colossians 1, 9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of fruit. You've got to have the fruit of the Spirit in order to love people. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Godliness, spiritual faith, that's it. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Hebrews 10:36. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will then you will receive all that he has promised. Physical fitness is of some value. It's there. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better.
Are you training for godliness? Are you willing to come to that understanding that God, I'm going to work with you and I understand it's process. But I want more than anything else to be like you. And whatever that demands in my life, I'm willing to do it because you're the one that I live for. You're the one that I long for. And I want my light to shine in this world. And this world is dark. And God, what that means is I care about people. I love people. I want to do everything I can to help people. Let my light shine. And God, I will do this to the very end. No matter what. So Christians, I ask you today, are you there? And if not, what do you need to adjust? What do you need to train? And maybe you're listening today and you're not a Christian. You're not where you need to be with God. And you're just kind of floating around thinking, well, you know, if God wants me to do this, it'll be like this and this. And you need to come to a place where you enter into this great life and give yourself to God and let Him use you to be a light in the world. So could you take a moment just right where you are, I'm not going to ask for anybody to raise hands or anything else, but just between you and God, God, here I am. Help me. Here's what I need to do. I'm aware of it. Help me. God, I want to make a commitment today to do this more. Whatever it might be, could you just take a moment before I conclude in a prayer today? we just thank you today for inviting us into this great life a life that affects other people a life that can make a difference in other people's lives and in our lives and in this world Lord give us a heart that says more than anything else I want to be like you and whatever that demands whatever that cost I'm willing to do it. Would you help me to train for godliness? Because that's really the only life that matters. Let my life count. And let my light shine, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.